to another episode of the Sawdust and Fire podcast. We are your host. I am Hunter Johnson. And I'm Thomas Baldridge. Well, Thomas, here we are again, getting some cooler weather. And I don't know. I think our rut may be dwindling down here just a little bit around our place. What's what's happening around yours? Oh, probably about the same, man. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but, yeah, prob- probably about the same. We've uh, – I've been busy with other stuff, so I, I hadn't really been. But uh, kids have been, grandparents have been, you know, some stuff like that. And uh, been a couple couple good deer killed, killed a few does, still got to work on some does. Uh, got some people in some stands right now. Yeah, we uh, I sat on a stand last night mainly just to listen for ducks in the woods and starting to get a few ducks building up, so that's good. I, I hope we're in good shape when the when it splits over with. But uh, um, I just saw a spike is all I saw on a set yesterday. Of course, I've just disrupted the woods a little bit today. Had a big tree across the road that I had to move with the track hole and and. Uh, uh, done some work on a duck blind and some of that stuff. So I didn't try to hunt this evening, um, but I am going to slide over in a little bit. I got some, uh, I got some fresh doe meat there in a cooler in the uh, skinning shed, and uh, I whacked off some of that last night. And I think I'm gonna fry me up a little dab of that for supper here in a bit. Man, I don't blame you. We we had some at Thanksgiving, and then uh, uh, had some last night. So, um, boy, it sure is good. Goodness. It's hard to beat. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It really is, man. That's good stuff. Well, speaking of skinning sheds, you, you kind of, you've got you a uh, skinning facility kind of set up here, don't you? Uh, a little bit better than what I've been doing, man. Uh, you know, we've been, we've been on this property right here for five years this Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I've been skinning deer off the front end loader of the tractor or skid steer or whatever else I can find. And, uh, that, 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 you know, that's better than some stuff, but you know, it's, you always have lighting issues and this and that and the other. And, and, uh, I mean, I had some good outside lights too, but still just tough. And, um, I took some time this year and set some things up a little differently uh, some stuff I borrowed from you. And then, uh, when I, when I got mine kind of up and not totally done yet, but, but at least up old Matt Martin was by here and he, he seen it and he piled in the truck and went to town. And by that evening, he, he had set him up something a little bit similar, (laughs) but, but, um, you know, for the amount of money that you put in it, boy, you can really make your life a lot easier, a lot easier. So, uh, let, we, we're going to talk a little bit about the cleaning, cleaning facilities, cleaning sheds, whatever, cleaning stations and, uh, and a little bit about a little bit into maybe some deer processing, but, uh, so yours, if you can imagine, a you know, a, a square room with a real long porch on it, um, you know, uh, not, not real big. I don't know what that room is. Is it 12 by 12 or? Something like that, maybe. I think it's like eight by ten. Um, okay. No, it's bigger than that. It's going to be ten by ten. So it used to be a dog pen. So, yep. So so it was a. It didn't have a back in it. It had a roof that come out like little short back porch, and it was set up so it had two, two ten, uh, two five by ten dog kennel runs in it, and. They were offset, so you could go in and shut the door. It had a little water hydrant in there and uh, had two dog kennels, and then the back was open and sloped off, so you could wash out the dog pens and wash them off in the ditch behind it. Um, of course, we didn't want our dog pens out there, so we uh, we cleaned it all up and, and put a back wall in it, insulated it, and then poured a slab out front and extended the roof out front. And... Uh, uh, what you were talking about a while ago, those little, uh, uh, 120 volt Harbor Freight winches. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, this, and that's the other deal. So I, I went looking at winches, but this, they technically label it as a hoist. Yes. That's what they call it is a hoist. I think it's a Pittsburgh brand or whatever they carry, and they have at least three or four different sizes. And that that has to do with, you know, how much weight they'll lift and bolts there, whatever. And um, you can even, they even, you know, they rate them two different ways and they send a pulley so you can basically double your weight uh, if you hook it back to the winch and use the pulley. But um, pretty neat little deals are not real expensive. Uh, depending on what size you get, I think they're under $200 and they come with mounting hardware. Now you do have to get, you know, what you and I both did is used a piece of thick tubing because that's the way the hardware brackets are made. And uh, we use those to mount to that tubing and the tube, the tube we mounted to like a real thick header, basically uh, with multiple lags and stuff like that. And then, Man, you plug it in and you you're up and running. You're ready to roll. Yep, uh, yep. I, that's exactly exactly what we did. I put one inside where if it was super super cold, you know, we could get get in there and shut the door. Got got a, a, a got a window fan in it, you know, like for cleaning fish in the summertime. So I've got four big windows I can open up and uh, and got screens on them so I can let the breeze blow through. And I got a window fan. And you know it's out. It's under some shade trees. It does, just doesn't get all that hot in there in an insulated building with the windows open and the fan going uh, in the shades. Not that bad. And then I just went and bought a little electric uh, uh, one ten uh, space heater. Um, one of these infrared, you know, not like Grandma had, but one of these infrared wooden box looking things. And and it does a real good job heating it. And uh, I've got a hoist in it. And then I put two hoists outside so we could skin two deer out on the underneath the the lean to, and I even went and put a uh, put a I had a stainless steel sink that was my dad's from when he had a fish market when I was a kid growing up big double bay stainless steel sink I put that in there um, and uh, put a stainless steel skinning table beside it and. Um, then I went and bought a little uh, uh, 120 volt uh, tankless electric water heater. So got some hot water out there, and that's nice for cleaning stuff up, washing hands, and you ain't got to stick your hands in that cold water all the time. And you also got your freezer out there. No problem. Well, it did have freezer quit. I had three freezers go down last year, but um, but freezers quit and. Uh, uh, that one quit right at the end of deer season and still had uh still had some deer meat in it. And uh, cool. when I opened the door on it, boy, it was rough. And I um um I duct taped it shut all the way around it, drug it out to the door, wrapped a strap around it, picked it up with a track hole and carried it out here and dumped it in a hole and buried it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that must be bad. Oh, it was terrible. But uh, I had it rigged up cool. That was the one in there. That was the one that I put that aftermarket thermostat on. Yep. And, uh, cool and, bot. Well, it wasn't a cool bot. It was, it was something else. So a cool bot is like for your air conditioner to be able to turn it down lower than normal. This was a deal that goes on your freezer that you can adjust the temperature so what I did was it was an upright freezer that I hooked one of these things to. And instead of it getting down below zero, I could keep it at like 30, 31 degrees. And it had an alarm that could go off if it got above a certain temperature and it would cool back down to what I had it preset to. Um, but that was pretty cool. So I didn't have to use coolers and ice. And I could use these LEM meat trays, and you could quarter up, debone a, a deer while it's hanging, put it in these meat trays and slide it in the freezer, and it kept it just where it was a little bit froze on the outside, but not on the inside. And uh, and you could store meat for a good while till you got around to processing them or doing something with it. That was really cool. But I don't have that now. I need to get another one. I hadn't bought one yet. Yep, yep. That, that makes it handy. And <clears throat> let's... So on, on mine, the other thing I borrowed from you 
uh, I got at Harbor Freight as well. It costs like a dollar. It's those magnetic strips that you can mount. Yep. And uh, I put one of them on the post out there in the pole barn. And when I get ready to, to cut a deer up, <clears throat> I can take all my knives that I use and just throw them right there on that magnetic strip. And then if I need to change or grab a different one for whatever reason, I put my other one back up there and, and grab another one and keep going. Yeah, did you, uh, are you still using hunting style knives or did you go get you some uh, butcher shop knives? Well, both. That's an, that's the next thing I was wanting to talk about. Well, let's hit this light deal first. Okay. So, uh, one of the electric stores in town, not a big box type store, but specialty, you know, where all the electricians go. There's two of them in town. And uh, one of them I've used before and, and uh, we built this house five years ago, so all my i guess all my lights are led but the outside floodlights i went with led and i was shocked at how well they have done and how bright they are so i thought man these things have come a long ways because used to they wouldn't light up you know 10 feet from the light and now it's like a football stadium and so i went up there and i looked at those lights and i said uh <clears throat> You know, this is the size I, I normally have, which would be the ones I got are rectangle floodlights, and they're about, oh, I'm going to say if you took four iPhones and put them together, you know, that's about the diameter of it. And, uh, man, they had some that were as big as my computer screen, about 13, 14, you know, 15, 16 inches. I said, how much of them? And uh, they had bigger ones too. Don't get me wrong, all sizes. So I said, I said, how much are those? And they, they weren't much, man. They're like, I don't remember if they're forty, fifty dollars. I can't remember. Uh, not they were not expensive. And uh, I said, man, you better give me two of them. And I said, you, I tell you what, give me four of them. I'm gonna put a couple on the outside of the shop. You know that I had to take down when I extended that. I extended that shop with them trusses you and I built. Yep, and. Yep. Uh, so I, I hadn't got that. That's the only wiring I've not completed yet. But I took two of those lights and on each side of that hoist to the next joist over. So I can't remember, or maybe two joists. It may be four foot over from the hoist. And they're they're high, you know, they're 12 foot or so in the air. And I angled those suckers down and you turn them on and it is like bright as the noonday sun out there. Yeah. I mean, no shadows, no nothing. It is amazing. And uh, you just back up there in the side by side, grab that thing, hit the button, lower it down, raise that deer up, take a weight, rip a jawbone, drop back down. I take my scale off, raise him up, and, you know, start to work. And then I'm like, oh, I think I want it six inches lower. Well, let me just hit this button right here. You know, I drop it or raise it six inches or four inches or an inch, whatever you want to do, and just make it easier on yourself. You know, if you need to pull or if you're not pulling, you don't want to keep your hands working above your head or eye level, you can drop that thing and just whatever you want to do, man, and, and just hit that button. It's so nice. Get that thing all, all done up, and, man, it just makes life so easy, so much easier than the other way. And – uh so then knives, and I'm glad you brought that up because you had, I don't know how many knives are in your shed. I was like 40 knives hanging on magnets over there. <laughs> and I said, what in the world? I mean, which one's your favorite, you know? And uh, you had went to kind of like some commercial butchering style knives. And uh, I got to looking at those. And I think it's J-Row or something like that is the brand I went with. You can buy them off their website or you can order them through Amazon. And you can also order them a lot of culinary type places, uh, sell like kitchen supplies, restaurant supplies. But those knives on average are probably, I'm going to say seven to $20 a piece. Yep. You know, they're probably in that price range. Yep. And man, they work really well. In fact, I've bought two that were labeled skinny knives. They yes. got a big belly on them. 
Yeah, uh, five of those. Yeah, oh, that's a they are awesome for skinning. I mean, awesome way that blade's designed and shaped and the handles great. Everything about them's great. I've resharpened them. They hold a good edge. Clean several deer. Touch them up, sharpening, and you're ready to roll again. And um, you know when you you know you you brought up a good point when yep. you go to a uh, a processing facility somewhere. Even if they're cutting up beef, or or you know they you know they're bringing in cattle and processing beef and maybe hogs or deer, ain't none of them got an old charade, you know. Ain't nobody carrying no old timer or yep. one ten or whatever, you know, or a benchmade or ain't nobody's got none of them knives. They all are using these kind of knives, and nope. there's probably good reason for that. Yep. So yeah. It's just have, been a game changer for me. They, uh, these plastic handles are easy to clean up. Yep. They're, they're so easy to sharpen. couple licks on a stone, and they're razor sharp. You can shave with them. And, yep. uh, and I can I can usually get through an entire deer with my skinning knife without having to touch it up again. And, uh, oh, I, I may, and I may do may one better than that. I may, do, I may do two or three deer and not have to do it. And then, then touch it yeah. up. And, uh, but, I, uh, Dexter, you know, Dexter, a lot of people know those Dexter knives because a lot of them have that white textured handle. And I, I like them. Yeah. It's the same kind of concept. I like them. And I've got a few for my kitchen. They're a little bit more money. And the design of them, now they may have some that are like these, but these J Rose or G Rose, however, it's, it's something J E R O maybe, or I can't remember what it is. But, anyways, uh, man, they, these, these knives are, they're cheap. They work. You can sharpen them. I mean, they're, they're just great. Today, I uh, went to the taxidermist and dropped off a couple deer heads. And, uh, one of the deer heads had a zip tie on it with the tag, you know, and it was zip tied really tight. I couldn't get it. I said, man, I ain't got an, uh, I actually lost a pocket knife and it's been, very disturbing to me i still ain't found it and uh and i hadn't grabbed another one i got another one in another pair of work pants but i put on some regular pants because i was going to town and didn't get my knife in here my backup so i'm without a knife he says well here let me give you this one he said uh I ain't even took this one out of the package yet and uh i said well what what kind of knife is it you know he said oh man these are just some cheap uh kitchen knives he said they he said the owner uh, orders these off of Amazon. He said, and, and, and this was almost like a little paring knife, you know, blade wasn't real big. Mm -hmm. He said, man, this is all we use anymore. And they ordering yep. them off of Amazon for next to nothing. He said, they hold a good edge. You, you can touch them up real easy. They sharpen easy They hold a good edge. He said, when we start doing all this stuff, you know, caping and peeling stuff away. And he said, this is all we use. And I thought, yep. Man, it's kind of funny because it's the same thing, same kind of brand, same kind of, and that one didn't have a brand on it, but it's the same thing that we're using. Yep. And uh, so yep. I've got mine on a, I've got mine on a website. I just Googling led me there, you know, uh, yep. don't have any, anything to do with them, but a, a website called a uh, mad cow cutlery and uh and I was looking through there and I was surprised how cheap a lot of their knives were and ended up somehow over in the discount closeout page on their website. So my skinning knives, the big, big skinners that I've got with big belly in them, the ones you were talking about, I got five of those. I think I paid like $7 a piece for them. And then those little knives, like you were just talking about, that looks like a little paring knife. That's what I cut duck breast out with. I've got two or three of those. And then I've got a couple knives that I cape with to open up, you know, cut around hind legs and stuff uh, when I'm starting out. And then um, then I bought some knives to, uh, to just sit down and cut up meat, like when you're cutting up bike strap or separating muscles and cutting up muscles uh, for frying meat. And, uh, and I think I think I walked away from there with like twelve or fifteen knives in that order and spent like less than 120 bucks. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep, that's right. And I'll tell you, um 
the the other thing that has really you know changed what changed here is so first off cwd hit in certain parts of the state well then came different regulations on being able to transport a deer outside of a cwd zone and the regs now say you know you have to debone the meat before you transport anything outside of cwd zone you can take the meat but you can't take the bones and all the rest of that stuff so at that time you know our other place was in in that zone so we're like man we'd never been doing that before so we went to deboning deer uh you know we we'd skin them and debone them right there on the spot and that's kind of carried over to here. Well, then the other thing that, that kind of shifted for a lot of different reasons, um, all of our small butchering facilities around, most of them stopped taking deer. I don't know what all the reasons were. Some of it may have been FDA stuff where they're processing, you know, cattle and, and hogs and they've got, you know, to keep things to a certain standard to keep their certification I think some of it was just a shift and, you know, in the way they're doing business. And then in COVID times, they, and before with market shifts, they were starting to process even more beef and hogs to sell to the general public. And it just, they just couldn't take several hundred deer anymore. So a lot of our places here quit taking deer to process. Yep. And with that, you now have all this stuff whether it's uh oh what's that one cup meat whatever and then lem's a big one or whether you buy something at a commercial kitchen or or you know restaurant facility type supplier or whatever you do there's so many things cabela's bass pro you know shields i mean all of them you know even have their own brands now Uh, i'm not sure who's making what don't care but anyways all of those processing things became a lot more accessible and then with with shifts in what our local people were doing i don't know how it's affecting people you know in other areas but a lot of our people quit taking deer and then you got this cwd zone stuff where if you're in one of those zones which i'm not right now but you know that that got me to start to deboning deer so we'll debone our deer and then process it ourselves Yep. And, and I've done it. Things are so much easier now with all this stuff that's available to us that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, it, it was not readily available and it sure wasn't as easily accessed. You know, I mean, you can walk in an Academy sports now and see, you know, 20 to 40 different seasonings for uh, jerky or, or sausage or summer sausage or breakfast sausage. I mean, anything you can think of. A Walmart. I mean, just almost any place is carrying all this stuff now. And so, you know, we started processing our own deer. And, um, you know, a lot of people like a lot of different things. Last year, I think my household, my, my immediate family right here under my roof, I think we ate nine, no, eight, eight, eight or nine deer last year in this household right here. Oh yeah. And, uh, um, oh, yeah. you know, we, we just, we just processed one deer the other day. And, uh, when we got done, uh, when we got done with it, we weighed, we weighed it all and it was a shade over 40 pounds. Like I don't remember 41 to some odd pounds of processed meat. Yep. I mean, we're talking about food ready to go to eat. Well, you know, I, not everybody's like me. I know a lot of these guys got a lot of money and they, some of them don't even like deer meat, whatever. But if you look at it, I mean, that's all lean meat too, by the way. That's like, if you were trying to compare beef, beef would have to probably be like 93 or 97% lean and 7 to 3% fat. Cause our deer meat ain't got, it just, you know, it's lean meat. Nope. And, um, so that'd be probably the closest thing. But if you did, I don't even know what that would cost right now, uh, you know, a pound. I bet if you compared it to beef, it's probably, I don't know, at least 10 bucks for that lean of beef. Yep. I, I'm just guessing. Uh, I don't have a hard number right now. I know that like 
eighty twenty is way over five dollars a pound now. Oh, it's insane. But I, I got to go back. You mentioned seasonings and all that's available. So when I started processing my own deer, you know, I love breakfast sausage and I like burger, but I don't just like ground deer for burger because it's too dry. It needs some fat mixed with it to, to cook right and to taste right to me. Otherwise, it's just a dry burger. So and and I am big. I like really good quality breakfast sausage. Um, yep. Yep. So I didn't really know how to mix it, what to do. And I tell you, the smartest thing I ever did, I did it. It's probably been three or four years ago now. Went to Walmart and I bought me this $20 electric griddle. Uh, $25 little electric griddle, just a little flat top deal that plugs into the wall. And it's got a little thermostat on the on the side of it that you can turn it up to like 400 degrees or whatever and got a little um my wife already had these but i got a little uh, uh postage scale that you can weigh as something as light as a little envelope up to a package you know it goes from like just it'll weigh ounces up to several pounds so when i was grinding deer meat and mixing it like to make breakfast sausage I would take and weigh out like two ounces of ground meat. And then I would try all these different seasonings I had bought and mix it with it and trying to kind of weigh how much I was mixing. And then I'd throw it on an electric griddle and try it, cook up some and try it and see if I liked it. And then, you know, if well, you know, that ain't bad, but let's try some of this over here. And I'd take another two ounces of meat and I'd mix some seasoning with it and I'd fry it up and I'd try it. Ooh, that was pretty dang good. Well, let's make a batch of that. So then I would just multiply if I'd done 10 pounds of meat or whatever. And then I would label, you know, what type of breakfast sausage it was. And the same way with hamburger meat, sometimes I'm mixing beef fat with it. Uh, one of the things I really like is just to go to the grocery store and get a bunch of cheap bacon, just bulk cheap bacon yep. and grind, grind bacon fat with it and uh, mix some seasoning with it. And then, you know, if you want to know how it's going to taste before you make 10 or 20 pounds, just pad you out a hamburger patty and throw it on that electric griddle. And yep. Uh, yep. now you know what it's going to be like when you, you know, when you make a big batch and thaw it out. You know, a few years ago, we ground a bunch of uh, duck breast and uh, and made them into breakfast sausage. And, and that turned out pretty good. So, yeah. yeah so the, was, uh, you know, the bacon. That's a good, that's a good idea. You know, and I got another buddy that will take a pork butt. Yep, I've done that. And, and put in there and mix it almost 50-50 and then either pork fat or beef fat for different things. A lot of times if you got a, you know, local grocery store that still has a butcher, some of that stuff you can get very reasonable. Yes, yes. Yeah, and if you're going to do sausage, you got to add some some fat to it. Yeah, and, you know, sausage seasoning, I'm like, you know, you read the package and, you know, it kind of tells you a broad range of what you can mix. But, you know, I don't want to make up 10 or 20 pounds of burger meat or sausage meat and it tastes like crap. You know, a lot of times we're feeding it at the Duck Lodge to for breakfast or whatever, and we're feeding several people. So, you know, I want to make sure it's good stuff. And, uh, man, that was just a good way. Uh, I haven't done it in a few years, but that was just a really good way to know what it was going to taste like when it was done. And then write down your recipes. And then, you know, in the future, somebody says, hey, man, that breakfast sausage we had at the duck camp that morning. Boy, that was good stuff. Where did you get it? Well, I made that. Well, now you can give them the recipe or you shoot another deer, you make another batch. Yep. That's worked right. Out, worked out great. So there's a lot of little things you can do in your skin and shit if you've got it set up so that you can sit down and do things in there that's right uh, yeah and i'll tell you the other thing that i'm I've, I've had planned for a while and have not done uh just for a lot of reasons but um a lot of guys have this too is is a an area to clean squirrels now i know a lot of people may not be squirrel hunters but uh i don't know if you've seen them little metal deals they make you can put their feet and their head and their tail whatever in there that's a pretty yep. handy little deal especially if you're cleaning by yourself yep. uh, you, you know and i man i've got buddies that that have squirrel dogs that you know i used to run around with some and and uh 
man, they may have a lot of squirrels to clean and some of them, you know, throw them in a five gallon bucket with water to keep the hair from going all over the place. And some of them got all these different little nicks and knacks and tricks and different ways to skin. If they're doing it at the tail and stepping on it, if they're splitting in the back and pulling, I mean, all kinds of different things are using some of them squirrel skinners. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways, but you got to figure out what works for you and, uh, and set it up where, you know, it makes it easier, just makes life easier. Absolutely. You know, they're calling for rain tomorrow. I've got a dough in the cooler. And if I wake up in the morning, it's raining. I can go over there. I can turn on the stereo in there. I can turn on the heat if I need to. I can turn on the fan if I want to. And I can just sit down. I've got me a nice little table and I've got an old office chair sitting in there, swivel uh, office chair. And I can sit down in that thing and I'm comfortable and I can process everything I want to process. You know, I can go through that dough and have her packaged up and ready for the freezer in just no time. And uh, yep. yep, that sure makes it easy. And then you know what you're getting. You know that it's your deer. You know how it was cared for. You can age it if you want to age it. You can keep it dry if you want to keep it dry. Um, you know, you know how much hair is in it. You know, you take measures to keep hair off of stuff and you know you're getting your deer meat. And, you know, I'm not saying that all processors, uh, you know, get stuff mixed up and together, but I've been to some processors and some really, really good processors where they've got so much meat out at one time. They're processing multiple deer and, and they got an assembly line going. And I just like to know what I'm getting and what's in it. And, uh, you know, uh, I had had the best breakfast sausage I've ever had in my life, probably 30 years ago at a place that was no longer in business up in Missouri. And I went on a quest to find good breakfast sausage, probably a 10 year quest. And I couldn't get any that was fit to eat any that I cared for at all. And finally a place over here at Wynn, uh, got some breakfast sausage from them. That was really good. Of course, they're not going to tell you how they done it. And, you know, it just depends on who's mixing it and when they're mixing it. And, you know, I've got batches since then. It wasn't quite as good. It's not just super consistent uh, with the taste. And uh, But if you want to get it consistent, $20 scale on a $20 griddle and uh, throw that in your skin and shed and uh, you can plug all that stuff up. And, you know, I, I took that, um, oh, I don't know what you call this stuff, but it's like white plastic sheeting, four by eight sheets. And yeah. uh, it's waterproof. And you see it like in some restroom, stuff like that. Yep. But I yep. line my walls and my ceiling with that stuff. I got drains in the, in the floor, concrete floor. And I can hose down the entire room. And uh, and it's a clean room. I, I keep it clean out there. Well, until we get duck feathers everywhere later in the year. But hey, It's cleaner than your pickup truck anyway. Man, everything's cleaner than my pickup truck. <laughs> 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 my pickup truck right now is full, full of white dog hair off of this dad blame blood tracking dog uh-oh <laughs> oh lanky oh but yeah man i mean you know yeah. this is one of those deals that you know you you tackle that project when you think you're going to have some time or a couple weekends or you know evenings and you know, whether you do it in the summertime or you rather do it in the dead of winter when the when deer season's over, you know, and you get it set up and then you you look at it there for several months. And then after you get to use it a couple times, you go, my word, I wish I would have done this a long time ago. Oh, yeah. You know, I've, I've got, uh, of course, Devin uh, and I got some buddies that they hunt close just so they can use my skin and shit. Mm -hmm. um, they may have better hunting someplace else, but they'll hunt public land pretty close just so they can swing by and use a skin shed after they shoot one. I'm telling you, I, I don't blame them not one bit. When you get it set up like that, boy, it can really make life better. Oh, it just, you, you don't dread it. You know, I've had days last year, we had people here, we'd duck hunt of a morning and, you know, several limits of ducks to clean. And, you know, you get busy during the day, so we've got ducks still hanging uh, that hadn't been cleaned yet and I had one night last year they all uh, hunted in the afternoon and I ended up with uh, like 30 mallards and five deer 
uh, to skin starting at dark one afternoon last year. And, uh, man, you don't dread it when you got a nice place to do. But if you're having to stand out with a headlight on your head and they cleaning him, skinning him off of a tree limb. Yeah, that ain't no fun. That ain't no fun. No, no. And, and this way, another thing you can do, you can be skinning them. You can stop, you know, while you're talking. So t- tell me that story again or tell me what you said about this. And then you can go right back to work. You're not getting stuff messed up. You're not in a rush. You know, we got to get this done before whatever happens, you know. No, it ain't like that anymore. Yeah, and it becomes the hangout place. You know, if one person kills a deer this oh, afternoon it, yeah. and you've got five or six people here, I mean, even the women and the kids are gathered around yeah. out there while you're skinning. And that's oh, a great place we keep our DMAP tags. We keep yeah. our hunter observation surveys. You can fill them out while everybody's standing around talking and you're skinning. And um, it's just it's just great. It's just, a, oh, my, it's just great to have. My kids come out there. They're, Dad, how can I help you? You know, uh, you want me to go get the ice? We, you know, I try to keep ice here as much as I can and. And uh, you, which cooler do you want? And what do you want? You know, do you need the water hose? Do you need this? Do you need that? And, you know, they're out there helping and they're listening to the stories and everybody's because first thing they want to do when you pull up, if they hadn't, whether they were hunting or not, you know, it's like, we want to see the deer, you know, and, uh, and they love getting out there and seeing all that. I mean, it's a, it's great. It's great. And man, I, I tell you what, I, I wish I would have had things set up like this sooner, but, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes you get busy and you know, you don't make time for these things, but this is something that you can do. It's not hard. Almost anybody ought to be able to do it. It's not a lot of money. You know, you're not in it a lot of money, really, especially if you've already got a structure of some kind, you know, and if you don't, man, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, so, yeah, man, I say, I'll tell you another little tidbit. My wife's got, and I tried to get you to get on there, but uh, my wife's got this Pinterest. And yeah. I didn't even really know what some kind of social media deal. And I said, what is this Pinterest deal, you know? And and I don't know what they're looking at on there, some kind of craft projects or who knows what. But she's like, hey, they got everything on here, you know. I type in cleaning shed or game cleaning station or something like that before I started doing stuff and hit enter and boom, man. There's a ton of people that have shared stuff on there of, you know, what their cleaning shed or their cleaning station looks like. And it will give you all kinds of ideas, you know. And then you just got to incorporate that into what you already have or what you want to build. Figure out what you think you That's like. Right. That's right. That's it right. Can, it can change your life. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's it, it's a total game changer. And I don't, you know, probably the most expensive thing is that hoist from Harbor Freight. And they're like, what, 60 bucks? Well, I, I bought it. I think the one I bought was either 170 or 220 because I bought one that's either, it's like 800 or 1600 pounds if you double it or something i bought a i bought one i can lift the front of the lawnmower up and reach under there and change the lawnmower blades <laughs> well yeah um mine's the second one it's not the smallest one they make it's the the second one whatever that is so maybe the 224 440 224 maybe something like that i don't i don't remember but or 336 uh 60 or something I don't remember. I want to say it's 400, 800, but I may be wrong. Okay. Maybe, um, maybe. And and maybe they went up in price since I bought mine a few years ago. And, and maybe I paid more than what I think I paid. But anyway, hey, regardless, even at 120 bucks, they're not bad. No, no. I, I think I gave, I don't remember if it was 180 or, or maybe a little more than that. Of course, I did pay for a lady at the cash register convinced me to buy one of them harbor freight protection plans mm, yeah and uh they're cheap you know she said if anything goes wrong with it you just bring it back yeah we'll give you a new one that's right no questions asked so i thought well for another whatever it is 10 bucks or what i said okay whatever but the uh only I, it was, thing I didn't do that i've since seen that was the coolest one of the coolest things i've ever saw i wish i would have done i may go back and do it is a guy took some eye bolts 
Yeah, I've seen him do this. And he anchored him in his concrete on each side of where you would stand. Yep. And he's got him some different length, length chains that's got S hooks on the ends. Yep. And uh, are on one end that he can hook in those eye bolts. And he's took went to back to Harbor Freight and got him some duckbill vice grips, like you like a welding clamp. Yep. And and he's welded the chain to the back side of those vice grips. So he hangs his deer up about, you know, about chest high, and he cuts around the hind legs and he splits it up each side inside of the hind leg and round its tail and uh, gets it started down. And then he'll let that thing down and clamp those vice grips to it. And then he just starts winching it up and it just pulls a hide down as a deer goes up. It just pulls a hide down. He just cuts around what he needs to, you know, as it comes down. And uh, you talking about slick, you know, I do a lot of, you know, I'm pulling by hand and cutting, which still isn't that bad. But, uh, you know, after two or three, your hands get to cramping a little bit. And I'll take my knife and start poking holes in the hide and stick my finger in and yeah. pull with my finger instead of having to grip the hide and pull. But, uh, that was the slickest thing I'd ever saw. And he skins coon like it too. It's coon and coyotes and, and, uh, I mean, just pulls a hide. I mean, just turns them wrong side out when you, when yeah. you pull. I've, I've seen that same basic principle. And, uh, uh, years ago before any of that stuff, a guy, uh, that I knew was taking tennis balls and he would get the hide started, you know, down like, below the hindquarters there uh and he'd take a tennis ball put inside that hide and then take a rope and and wrap around the outside so that ball couldn't let it pull out and he'd hook it to his folder and he'd drive off with that thing and he, he'd drive off with the skin and deer be hanging there i tried that one time over a tree limb when i was skinning off a tree limb and it pulled the deer straight out broke the limb <laughs> the deer fell and hit the ground. Uh, Four wheeler was spinning trying to pull it because um, I was kind of, you know, I was picking the rear end up as I was yeah. trying to pull. Front tires are spinning in the gravel. Yeah, I didn't have no luck doing it, and I said, "Then I ain't doing this no more." Well, uh, that's what I'm saying. There's easier ways, man. You got to figure out what works for you. And and uh, man, I I seriously thought about doing that, anchoring some stuff there in case I wanted to do that at some point, and. It may be a good idea, but man, for me, if I had 10 deer to clean, yeah, I might think about it. But, you know, once you get it, that cape folded down to the front shoulders, if you're skinning, you know, head down, especially if you got a buck, you know, and you're trying to work around shoulders and then get that hide down on the neck. Now, I know you, you can zip her on out there, but you know, bucks a little different trying to work around the antlers and then you got all that balled up down there. And, uh, I, I just like cutting it the way I'm doing it. You know, I mean, I, if people show me a better way, I mean, I'm not all about it, but you hanging yours by the head or by the hind legs, hind legs. Yeah. That's it. I do the same thing. And then yeah. it just helps me. I've, I've, I've skint with people before that hung them by the head, but it's just easier for me to debone all the meat off those hindquarters uh, yep. when it's hanging like that and uh you know easier for me to cut the front feet off get the front shoulders out of it as i'm skinning down um i, I just like hanging them by the hind legs better than I, that's that's me that's the way we used to do it years ago and i've stuck doing it that way and you know your large yeah. muscle groups on your hind quarters are you know easy to get to and you know you can get to all your all your uh you know tenderloin stuff whatever you can get to that easy man front shoulders uh front shoulders brisket neck has got to be like some of the worst you know and yeah. uh i've done that different ways deboned it right there i've i've removed the shoulder you know because that's real easy throw it on a table and let one of the kids go to working on cutting that off but man it's uh you just got to figure out what works and you know and and, and make it happen but Boy, it can it can really make life easy on you, and it's a it's a easy project, not a lot of money, and uh, you definitely if you don't have one, you need one. And check out some of these knives, some of these oh, cheap the knives. Knife deal, yeah, that's just um, 
you know, you got everything hanging up there that you need. Like you say, magnetic strip with all your knives good and sharp. And and I'm using a pair of uh, uh, loppers, you know, that I'm cutting yeah. around the tail with. And, oh, I do that. Yeah. And yeah. cutting the jawbone with. And, uh, yeah. and I've got a big pair, a great big, I don't know, three-foot handle pair of shears that I cut the head off with and cut the feet off with. And, um, man, it's just... It just it just set up so nice. It just makes everything so dang simple. And it's you know e even keeping records. Um, you know which by the way we got we talked about records last week and got some really good feedback from some folks. But you know yep. I keep all my records out there, and you know it's just so easy to write down the weights and whether you check for lactation and the inches of antler and and you know everything that you that you got to keep up with. You just keep it right there in your skin and shit. I put a little, uh, we done some remodeling. I took some cabinets out of the kitchen and uh, got them hung up on the wall that I can keep cleaning supplies in and, and keep my folder and all my DMAP stuff. And then for those jawbones, we had some cedar lumber and I built a cabinet on the outside of my skin and shit. It's got a spring-loaded door on it and it's just a box with a door on the front and I screwed it to the wall and I can open that up and stick my jawbones in there and they air out good. Being cedar, it doesn't smell that bad and it's not in my skinning room. Them jawbones can get to stinking a little bit. And uh, and you want them to air out and not be slimy. So I just put them in that little red, I don't know, potato sack, corn sack, whatever it is. And uh, and then just stick that bag in there and all my jawbones are labeled. They can air out and they're not stinking anything up and no critters can get to them. They're up about head high fasten to the wall and uh man it just uh oh it just just makes everything so much easier yep yep it does definitely does yeah stuff yeah for sure and and man the the stuff that's available now you can get as basic or as extravagant as you want with processing equipment i mean it it if if you ever order anything from say like LEM or any of them other folks, I mean they send you one of them catalogs every year. Like man, look at all the neat stuff they got. Yep. I mean, and a lot of it now, it's gotten very affordable. You know. Yep. I, I got I've got a bunch of stuff from them, and you know even little stuff like uh you know a lot of times I don't want to get blood all over my pants and my shirt when I'm skinning, and you know a lot of times somebody may drag a deer in. I wasn't planning on skinning and, uh, that afternoon. And I got an apron, uh, or two hanging up in there that man, I can slip an apron on and I can walk, got now I got a place to wipe my hands and wipe my knives off and everything while I'm skinning. I don't get it all over my clothes. And of course I wear oh. rubber knee boots about everywhere I go. So, you know, there's really nothing exposed, but my shirt sleeves. So now, I hadn't gone apron, but I'll tell you the other deal I did is, uh, uh, you know, anybody that's ever been in an emergency room or doctor's office or, or uh, back of an ambulance, they make a little bitty metal bracket deal that you slide a box of gloves in. Yep. They are now selling them at Harbor Freight that you can magnet to your toolbox or screw them to a wooden deal. And so I got one of them and screwed it right there next to my, my cleaning area and slid me a box of gloves in there. And man, now you don't have to go find your gloves, carry them out there. I just just a box in there and when it empties out we'll put another box in it yep i do that and uh um i also i used to vacuum seal everything and i had my vacuum sealer set up but i quit that and what i did was i went to lem and i got one of these big bulk rolls of freezer paper and i bought me a tape dispenser and a rack for that freezer paper that keeps it hung up and you pull out what you need and tear it off. You don't have to cut it. And uh, and I use uh, quart freezer bags. So when I'm packaging meat, or, I'm our gallon freezer bags. So I can lay out what I want, get the size of paper that I need, rip it off, lay my meat out on there and roll it up. I got a t freezer tape dispenser. I can tape it all up. And then I shove it right in one of those uh, gallon uh, freezer storage bags and seal it up, Ziploc bag, and seal it up, and uh, and I've started using that, because I was having trouble, you know, your meat's a little damp, or it's got a little blood to it, or whatever, and you're not getting a good seal, and, you know, it's it's sealed up, but it's not vacuum sealed, and uh, 
anymore. And I was having a lot of meat that we would get it out and thaw it out and it didn't have its vacuum seal, you know, three or four months down the road. So, um, so I started doing it like this. And to me, it's way, way easier than trying to vacuum seal crap. Yeah. I I've done the vacuum seal and then I've done these little game bags that, you know, them little predetermined size game bags they've got that you put the yeah. meat in meat, little one pound deals usually. Yeah. Um, Nate, you can ride on them. They got labels. I like those too, but I really like the vacuum sealing, but it does take more time. It is, it is a little now. If now I will say this, I don't have one of them real nice ones. Yeah. If, if you got your real nice vacuum sealer, it might be different, but, but I don't have one that nice. But the cool thing about those is once I seal it, like, like let's say it's ground deer, you can pat that out flat, like a flat rectangle or yep. a flat square. You can stack them. My wife loves it because you can stack them in the freezer. And then when you go to dethaw them, because there's more surface area kind of exposed like that, they dethaw fast. That's right. And so That's that, that, you know, is cool, but man, vacuum seal bags are expensive, you know, compared to some other stuff. And, uh, and it is a little bit more work, I think. And like you said, I've had a little bit of varying results. Of course, it don't last around my house for longer than a year. Uh, but I've had a few varying results with like, like you said, you got moisture in there, blood in there, whatever, trying to get an actual seal and get all the air out you know, that, that can be kind of tough, but again, I'm not running one in $500 vacuum sealers. I got me a, a cheaper one, but anyhow, yeah, definitely. Well, I think it's been a pretty good podcast. Um, you know, we're not, we, we try to stay pretty habitat minded, but you know, anytime we come up with something that makes things a little easier and you and I were just talking about, uh, skinning deer and how many we've got to skin every year and, and uh, uh, how processing fees can get expensive. And, you know, when you get in a DMAP club, uh, you know, y'all are shooting 10 or 12 deer this year. And, we're, you know, we're going, we're planning to shoot 10 or 12 over here. And and uh, we got another club that we're shooting 20 on. And, um, you know, you can rack up some fees and processing and then not know what it's going to taste like when you thaw it out. So, um, yeah, the last time I had something processed, I think it was, over a hundred dollars yes so and and that wasn't getting exotic like i didn't ask for no you know italian sausage or nothing <laughs> i mean it was basic yeah. so you weren't getting jerky and summer sausage and snack sticks right i mean think about that now so you do a basic deal let's just say it was a hundred bucks you do 10 of them that's a grand a year man yeah that's yeah i got other things i can spend a thousand dollars a year on Guarantee you. Guarantee so, you. Well, well, folks, we appreciate y'all tuning in this week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you next week on the Sawdust and Fire podcast.